again, everybody. This is John Norris at Trading Perspectives. As always, we have our very good friend, Sam Clements. Sam, say hello. Hey, John. How's it going? I'm doing fantastically. I hope you're doing well. Doing pretty good. You're going to play a little golf this weekend? I am, yeah. Playing tomorrow morning. You're going to watch a little golf this weekend? I'm going to watch a lot of golf this weekend. I was oh. hoping Tiger would be you know, near contention, but still going to watch it. What happened yesterday? Not his best round. Not not as good as he was playing in the Masters. Is he going to get cut, do you think? No, nah, he should make it. Yeah. Hopefully. Well, then he'll, he'll be there. On, he'll be there on Sunday. Um, in any event, you know, what I found interesting about the PGA Championships, and that's what we're talking about here, is the ticket price, I believe, actually fell this year. Yeah, it was cheaper than the book value. I mean, that, that's, that seems so unusual, given the fact that there's a little bit of um, a little bit of swagger back in it. Tiger yeah. won the Masters. A little bit more interest in it. It's being played outside of New York City, so you wouldn't necessarily think that ticket prices would fall and attendance would fall. No, especially being that close to such a big city. You yeah. know, they're not playing it in Missouri. <laughs> What's wrong with Missouri? <laughs> a little different than New York. Well, perhaps, perhaps. Uh, but you know, I've. I've think we both found that kind of interesting the ticket prices and the attendance but you know it seems to be kind of part of a larger theme and that's attendance in general turnstile attendance but in particular at sporting events from professional sports to college even high school turnstile attendance is on a downward trend uh, you take a look at the declines over the last decade in baseball I believe it's like about 79 million people saw baseball games in person 10 years ago. Last year was 69 million. That's yeah. a pretty significant drop. That's huge. Um, NFL's averaging two or three thousand fewer turns, uh, two or three thousand fewer people uh, per game, and all major sports and even college uh, athletics are seeing decreased attendance. Yeah, and you have to kind of question why this is. Sam, why do you think it is? Well, my first thought is all those teams up north, who would ever want to go to a game in Buffalo, New York for a Bills game? <laughs> who would ever want to go to, you know, just all those freezing stadiums you see, New York Jets, Giants, all those teams with outdoor stadiums. I mean, surely attendance would start falling when people have nice TVs. <laughs> Careful there. Uh, we have people in New York who actually listen to this, so... Uh... <laughs> Maybe they're not Bills fans. There's not many of them. <laughs> fair, fair enough. I But I, I think television certainly is a huge chunk of it. When I was growing up, a 19 or 21-inch television was kind of the norm. Yeah. And the picture was okay. It wasn't necessarily great. Uh, but, uh, you know, so a 19 or 21-inch screen, uh, okay picture, that's much different now, uh, much different than what we have now. I have a 55-inch uh, yeah. high-def television above my fireplace. Right. No one really has less than, what, 50 as their main TV, it seems like? Well, it seems like. Uh, but that's a pretty huge television. Yeah. And the picture is actually crisper than what I could actually see with my own eyeballs yeah. at the game. And, uh, you know, it, all of a sudden it makes for a very pleasant viewing experience if I'm sitting in my couch. Uh, on it as opposed to in it but by the end of the game I'm generally in it if you catch my drift uh, maybe have a little Rotel um, soda beer something like that and uh, that's much better than going and sitting in the heat say uh, Brian, uh, Brian Denny or even Jordan Hare your yeah. thoughts 
Food's probably a lot better, too. <laughs> I don't know. Some of those stadium dogs are pretty good. Can't get a beer at Jordan Hare or Brian Denny. Well, that's never stopped anyone from taking booze in. Uh, <laughs> so. I'll be impressed with whoever takes a six-pack a six in the Brian Denny Stadium. I'm sure it's been done. Well, though. the thing about it is, and that's where it's all kind of uh, hypocritical, is you can take booze into a stadium. You just have to be a member of the stadium club or the zone or one of those other deals. There's more booze being, being oh, consumed yeah. in Brian Denny than there ever has been. Or you just have a puffy jacket when you <laughs> they f- tend to frisk you down if you show up wearing a down jacket in the, for the September games. They figure something's up, not just low blood pressure, I think. <laughs> so, so I would certainly agree with you that television and the improvements in television and the viewing experience, if you want to call it that, uh, have, will have a depressing effect yeah. on actual turnstile attendance. Yeah. And I'm using the term turnstile attendance because, as we all know, and this is kind of a wink-wink type of deal, announced attendance it always seems to be much higher than the fannies in the seats. It's it's always funny seeing a half-empty stadium, and then <laughs> they not only say it's sold out, but sometimes they even go further than sold out. It's like 500 more people than the stadium actually well, seats. Well, it's sort of like in Michigan, and I'm not a big fan of the Michigan Wolverines. Really not a Jim Harbaugh guy? No, I'm, I'm not a fan of Big Blue. Never have been, even before Harbaugh. And the, he's just you know proof <laughs> I mean, that, that you shouldn't like the Wolverines. <laughs> Uh, he's got one when well, you, you, you when, tell me to worry about people from New York. What if we have any <laughs> Michigan fans? Well, everyone, even Michigan fans understand Harbaugh's kind of a jerk. Yeah. But in any event, um, Big Blue uh, has a big house. You know, they call their stadium the big house, yeah. 107,000. And they include uh, the bands. They include the uh, stadium employees and the media as part of their attendance. So and actually, the the players on the teams are included as part of the attendance. It's it's crazy. I mean, every single every single person that's in the stadium at the time is lumped into the attendance figures, whether they paid anything or not. And they've had sellout after sellout. Some like twenty years of sellout. Something ridiculous. Yeah. But you can turn on the TV, and Michigan seems to seems to be on the television every week. And there's no way. Well, you that's look at a hard sell. Every team has a few cupcake games. I mean. <laughs> What, what season ticket holder is going to want to go into some freezing cold game and watch them just whoop on, whoop up on some cupcake team? Well, there you have You see that a couple times a year down in Alabama. With uh, Alabama their plays, extra top, flight, plays top flight um, opponents every week of the year. Yeah, ULM says says differently. <laughs> but I, I brought up Michigan because I've just recently read an article talking about how turnstile attendance, announced attendance 107,000, turnstile attendance at some of their games last year didn't even approach 80,000, which is still a ton of folks. But turnstile attendance and number of people that are in the seats is significantly less than paid attendance, which includes season ticket holders uh, that don't show up, then right. free tickets that have been distributed, all, all that jazz. Everything that originally had a home. Yeah, without about. a doubt. Uh, I would also um, suggest that perhaps some generational differences in how people consume sports. I would tell you now, Sam, being 51 in a week uh, old, 51 years in a week old, I uh, I don't care about sports as much as I used to. Yeah. I just simply don't. Uh, back when I was your age, it was a much bigger part of my life. And yeah. I cared a lot more about it. I was far more into it i knew the lineups i knew the people who were coming into the program i knew all of it i watched a lot more of it uh these people were roughly my age yeah you know now all of a sudden when you're my age and you're taking a look at it you got people that are you know annie and john's age out there you know competing and it's it's hard to have the same level of interest when frankly you're 30 years older than the people who are competing Uh, yeah i think that's probably the most common outcome that you see people just kind of 
whether they remain fans of that team or not it's more just the team itself and not as much getting into the minutia of it and like who's getting added onto the roster who's leaving mm-hmm. you know that kind of stuff i mean i've already seen it with me with auburn i mean I, I no longer follow these high school kids and see if they're going to come to Auburn or not. It seems a little weird now that I'm not only out of high school, I'm out of college too, to be following these kids from all over the country and seeing what they're going to do. It just doesn't seem nearly as important to me, which I wouldn't say it's my fandom of Auburn itself mm-hmm. hasn't gone down. It's yeah. just a different kind of fandom. Well, I, I hear what you're saying, but I, I, I would say that I am simply consuming less sports. Yeah. I would say people your age are probably consuming the same amount just much differently than how I had to do it back when I was your age. When I was your age, I was living in Baltimore. I actually went to you know, Memorial Stadium the year before the year before Camden Yards was open, and then I would go to Camden Yards. I would read the Baltimore Sun. I'd watch the television. And I uh, participated more in person for uh, for sporting events because I had to if, yeah. I, if I really wanted to see them. Yeah. It wasn't ubiquitous. There weren't apps. There weren't regional television uh, programs I couldn't stream them. Yet all this stuff is available now, and people your age are more, far, far more comfortable with uh, the technology, meaning that you can be in a fantasy league or you can do something. You can still follow. You can be involved in the experience without actually having to be in the stadium. Itself. Oh yeah, I mean Wednesday night there was NBA playoff games. I went out to dinner with friends, and we had seen the score, and it was becoming a close game. So we put it up on the phone and watched watched the rest of the game while we were still at dinner. That's amazing. You know, back in the day. Back in my day, I'm a little bit older than you are, Sam. A couple of years. <laughs> there were things called sports bars, and you know, they're still kind of around, a Buffalo Wild Wings or something like that. Um, but there was one here in town called PTs. It's where Mexico Lindo is now. You know, you know what I'm talking yeah. about? And that was the first sort of sports bar I've ever been in. They had these huge satellite dishes. And that was where, if you were a Michigan fan, you had to come to PTs to watch Michigan. Yeah. Because they would stream that game or get that game off the satellite somehow. But this is before just so many options on Saturdays during oh, yeah. the fall. I, you can watch just about any team through some avenue, whether or not it be the ACC network, the SEC network, the Big Ten network, the Texas Longhorn network. Yeah, you have the channel. Longhorn network. <laughs> the Longhorn network. Which I think is wonderful. Uh, <laughs> and, and, you know, you've got ESPN, ESPN2, ESPNU, ESPN HD, ESPN. And plus, you have all these, yeah. and then you, and then you have C. I mean, CSN or yeah. Fox. I mean, you just. I mean, they all, all have their own apps now. I mean, NBC Sports has its own app, different than the NBC yeah. app. You know, Fox Sports has its own app versus Fox. Um, so, 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 do you think maybe declining attendance uh, on top of televisions and apps and what have you might also be due to saturation? Perhaps the supply curve has shifted so far out to the right that we're just losing interest because it's no longer a special. Yeah, I mean, it's not. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. It's no longer as special as it was before. Like, oh, we're going to go actually watch a game. Well, I could watch a game right now while we're talking if I wanted to. I mean, there's almost no place where I can't watch a sports game. I could, I could be across the, I could be out of the country and I could still watch my Texas Rangers play. <laughs> you know, you of all act- teams, I could watch the Texas Rangers play. <laughs> the former Washington Senators. Um, Nolan Ryan's still playing for the Rangers. <laughs> he just, he just hung up his cleats. Actually, <laughs> the thing is, you mentioned that Sam. I would also counter with that. You could be as long as you had. LTE or 5G for as long as you had access to the internet on your phone, 
not only could you watch your Texas Rangers from anywhere in the world, there's a very real chance that you could watch Game 4 of the 2010 World Series somehow, because someone has probably put it out on YouTube. Oh, yeah. You could even watch high school football games now. I mean, most most high school programs, I mean, some of the big-time games against the two big schools in a state or whatever mm-hmm. will be broadcast on TV. And then outside of that, I mean, all over online, you can live stream just about anything now. So that's that's where the revenue is. Yeah. On all these live streaming, you know, get the ads on that, get the ads from the television. Uh, could you say, could you make, could I make the argument? Maybe you couldn't. Could I make the argument that the fan experience is not as important to the teams as it once was because the ad revenue from all the various outlets is a more significant portion of overall revenue than actual ticket sales. You know, whether that's right or wrong, that's a little that's a sad outlook like to think of these teams just not really caring about the actual, you know, stadium, the actual people there, the actual event itself, but it'd be kind of hard to argue with. I mean, I I probably say at least a little bit. I mean, I think we're starting to reach this turning point where teams are realizing, oh, wait, we've done this for so long, we do kind of need fans to come back in. Um, Because if those fans don't come to the games, I think it's probably a little bit of a domino effect, at least, if there's nobody coming into the stadium. So, um, But, yeah, we've reached a point, I think, where some teams, at least, and new stadiums, you're seeing it a lot, are starting to realize, okay, what can we do to bring people back in? Like the... Atlanta new Mercedes-Benz Stadium they have. Mm-hmm. I don't think anything's uh, more expensive than like $5. I mean, it's $2 fountain drinks, free refills. I mean, it's it's about as cheap as you could get anything. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think they're starting to realize that and starting to realize that there is still importance. But dollar for dollar, I mean, I don't think it holds any weight compared to the online stuff. Well, I think I read somewhere, you know, I'm a Baltimore Oriole fan. I'm one of the few remaining. Um. <laughs> Especially this year. Yeah, it's just it's like a weed out year. year. I, mean, I think I read somewhere that on average, I think the Orioles, and I think I read this about the Orioles, but MLB on average, something like only 30% of overall revenue, team revenue, is ticket sales. Wow. Uh, the rest of it being from merchandising, televisions, revenue sharing, all this, that, and the other thing. So actual ticket sales makes up a increasingly smaller piece of the pie, as, as it were. Uh, but I, w- I would agree that you know this declining attendance is a serious thing, and a lot of these teams better better figure it out because when you don't have that in-person experience, experience, when you don't have those fans showing up, it's not just the lost concessions, right? It's also the lost connection with the community itself. Yeah, and so that's where I think the problem with having this declining in, in attendance at every level of sports is a problem, and, and, and folks need to figure it out. And uh, I, I'd like to pick on the Orioles again. Um, it's just an expensive uh, way to spend the evening. And you know this one going down to Auburn ticket. Now that you no longer get the student student ticket, yeah, it's a little bit more of an expensive proposition. Yeah, I mean, because it's usually, if you're, you're probably going to stay the night, usually mm-hmm. um, finding a place to stay, whether that's an Airbnb or whatever driving all the way down there i mean it's a full day it ends up being an expensive Mm -hmm. expensive one day trip really um but i mean you see some of these new tv deals that these college programs are getting um upwards of 14 20 million dollars a team are you Um, serious yeah i mean 300 million dollar sec deal coming up in a couple years speaking of 300 million dollars and here we are talking about declining attendance talking about maybe the fan experience um, isn't quite what it used to be. And then on the flip side of that is teams like the Philadelphia Phillies are paying, what, something like $300 million yeah. to Bryce 
Harper to come play for them. Yeah. And I think Manny Machado, who used to be an Oriole, yep. signed some hundreds of millions yeah, of dollars. Yeah, he got 300 as well. Uh, to go play for the Padres. So certainly there's a lot of money still in sports. Yeah. And I'm just kind of wondering, though, since there is – I mean, I think we've, we've gone past the saturation point. Uh, I wonder at some point if the ad revenue starts to fall. And, you know, you see uh, even television ratings actually starting to fall a little bit. Uh, if that does happen, how many more $300 million players are there truly out there? I don't know. I mean, I, I'm in the opinion. I think a lot of the players, if you put into pure, um, like an economic point of view, mm-hmm. how much this player brings to a team – a lot of them are underpaid. I mean, you look at a guy, I know he's the best in baseball, but Mike Trout, he could command a $450 million contract, and I would still confidently argue that he'd be underpaid based on the value that he brings not only to his team but to the sport. So, just seems so warped. Yeah. He's underpaid at 450 yeah. <laughs> You're looking at his wins above replacement, all that yeah. stuff, and it's like the highest of all time. I, Mike Trout, for those people who don't follow uh, baseball, he is widely considered probably the best player in baseball right now. You might have some people that would disagree with me, your Clayton Kershaw fans and and um, all that stuff, but the, the guy's truly a monster. I mean, place he, for the, place for the he just signed Angels. a new deal. Uh, four hundred thirty million, and it's still a deal. It's still a steal. <laughs> Twelve tw- steal. I just holy smoke. Twelve I mean, years, four hundred thirty, I believe, around thirty-five million dollars a year. But they always, you know, um, weight them towards the end where that yeah. that amount of money will be worth less, um, assuming so. inflation aspects. But so he'll be there's years he'll be making I think forty-two, forty-five million dollars a year. So in a lot of ways, Sam, I mean, I'm sitting here we're talking about declining attendance and turnstile attendance. At the same time, we're talking about inflating salaries to astronomical levels. It has a it has a certain feel to me as almost as though I've fallen through the looking glass. How can it keep on going up and up? And how could how can revenue and attendance be going in completely opposite directions for forever? Yeah. Um, if we've gotten to that saturation point, at some point, at some point, something's going to give. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people actually. I, I mean, I don't. I don't know how much I believe this, but a lot of people think that we've already kind of reached the peak sports bubble. And when you look at some of these TV deals, which it's hard to argue with some of them. I mean, these networks overpay. I mean, there's no way they don't. I mean, you see some of the ratings they get. There's almost no way you could argue that they didn't overpay for some of the stuff they are. So, I mean, there is some truth to it, but I think in general, people are going to watch their sports. (laughs) I think you're probably right. I think you're probably right. So you're going to be watching a little PGA Championship yep. this weekend? Probably some basketball. I probably won't watch any of it. I mean, I mean, maybe if Tiger's in contention or someone else besides Brooks Kepka, uh, I'll probably be watching on, on Sunday afternoon. Maybe I'll put myself through a Rangers game. <laughs> <laughs> in any event, I'm not sure if we trade perspectives here today or even if we accomplish terribly much, except for kind of wonder just how much longer this can go on, uh, particularly when we're seeing fewer people actually show up in person and we're seeing salaries go through the roof. It's, it's interesting. As I mentioned, it feels like I've fallen through the looking glass on yeah. this one. So, guys, thank you all so much for listening. We always love to hear from our listeners. So if you have any questions or comments, please let us know. You can send us an email to tradingperspectives at oakworthcapital.com or you can subscribe uh, and leave a review on the podcast outlet of your choice. If you're interested in hearing more or reading more of what we have to say or how we think, you can check out our blog, Common Sense, at oakworthcapital.com underneath the thought leadership tab. Sam, any any closing thoughts? That's all I got. (laughs) Me too. Y'all take care.